you know if you have to preemptively explain your intro to not weird out guests maybe you need to rethink your intro i'm not <laughs> criticizing you i'm just saying right. if it makes me and becky feel weird that's one thing but it makes everybody else feel weird i don't know <laughs> we do have some fans though your battery right. voice has fans Welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We are continuing to bring you the half sibling, or no, the three, the two thirds sibling rotation because of various medical emergencies. And if you know about medical emergencies in our family, they are usually mostly like humorous rashes and weird slipping and falling things. So Becky is not here today, but no one, no one, be too worried about her. She'll be all right. Her. Her child is just doing what our family does whenever you're on vacation, is get some sort of odd sickness. But I am here joined by my sister, Lily. Lily calling in from the Canary Islands. How are you? I'm good. Um, I was really sad to miss, I was missed last week's episode because I got so sick. And I'm finally feeling better, but my voice hasn't caught up to that. So still a bit under the weather, but I'm good. I've got our parents here. So can I just jump into my story? Well, I would say we we do have an amazing guest today. uh, Casey, the the multi-talented Casey Spivey, who we will get to in a moment. But I I do want to hear a story. Anything that involves our parents at your house is going to have shenanigans. So I need to hear them. Um, well, there's, just, there's so many shenanigans. I mean, I took them out in public dressed as superheroes to a massive, like, um, Mardi Gras, but in Spain, like on steroids, um, carnival, which is huge here. Um, so that had, had all different kinds of shenanigans, but there's just one mom, thing I mom. Ha- and I say this, I hope this doesn't come off creepy. Mom was rocking an extraordinarily skimpy wonder woman outfit. She was, and she, like, was hilarious because she was like, I would never wear this, as if social media doesn't exist, I would never wear this in Philadelphia because, like, I wouldn't want any of my friends to see me. But posting it on her Instagram and on her (laughs) Facebook, I was like, who do you think follows you on those? Like, who do you think would see that? Just me and Shy and Becky? Is that who you think just follows you? (laughs) And I was like, do it, girl. You look good. She looked amazing. But yes, it was one of those like sexy Halloween costumes that she ordered on Amazon, not realizing I think that that's what that was. And to be, to um, be but clear, she looks great. and to be clear, Casey, I know we haven't introduced you yet, but feel free to react. Our our mother is a grandmother of four, um, Cuban Jewish mom who's very festive. Great, <laughs> very, <laughs> very festive. Um, and of course, as always, she was life for the party. And Dad is such a good sport for dressing up in full Superman and just schlepping behind her everywhere. It was really cute. She definitely, like, made, you know, she's the one that goes out and we find a way to get into, like, to see a concert that no one can get into. And she made friends with everybody and all of a sudden is, like, snapping pictures with people, gets in the front row. It was wild. She's amazing. But I'm going to tell a specific story that has something to do with you, even though you are not here shy is that, I don't know, Casey, you might not know this, but everybody else does, I'll fill you in. Shai's absolutely the favorite of her mother, even <laughs> though she doesn't 
admit it like in so many words, but she will be like, I'll be like, oh, should I sew your favorite? And she'll go like, I really love you. And I'll be like, but that's not saying no to what I just said. Don't distract me with your love. I was like, so my brother-in-law was over for dinner because he moved to where I live, which is fun. And he, I was over for dinner and he goes, I want to ask you guys a moral question. This is your brother, Tio Chicky. Tio Chicky, yeah. This is all happening in Spanish, by the way, Casey. You have to imagine. this is all in Spanish. My husband's uh, younger brother who's has a nickname called Chicky and he's now Tio Chicky. And so he, um, I, he wanted to pose this moral question. And I think it's an amazing question to ask everybody who's listening to this podcast should now go out and ask it. And, um, it's supposed to be like this. You're on a roller coaster. It's the craziest world, the most crazy roller coaster of your life. You have your partner, significant other, whether you have one or not, it's just your imaginary person on your right and your mother on your left. And you need to hurl, like you gotta go. And you have to pick a side. You gotta go in one direction or the other. Who do you vomit on? And so apparently there's a different answer for boys and girls. Sons and daughters have different answers. That's apparently what, you know, has been the case. It's, It's a really interesting question to ask. He asked mom, he goes to mom, you have shy on, I don't know, I don't know why he chose you and me, he goes, you have shy, no, he goes, I'm going to ask the question, and I go, whatever the question is, shy, I guarantee, is going to be the favorite and come out good in this. And mom's like, don't, <laughs> let's hear the question first. And I was like, go right ahead, doesn't matter, Alex, whatever it is, I know that if it's between me and shy, I promise you. And mom's like, how dare you? He goes, okay, shy's on your right and Lily's on your left. Who do you bark on? He, she goes, Lily, without a question. <laughs> <laughs> I, you see? She's like, no, 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 no. It's because I was like, because you love me so much? Is that it? God forbid Shy gets a little vomit on him. Precious Shy. <laughs> she was like, no, I think you could handle it better. Although I did whatever. To be clear, if one of us threw up more on our parents, it is definitely you. But <laughs> but but with but with all of that, I, I don't wanna I, I, I don't wanna indulge in further um Important moral choices, favoritism, any further, because we have an incredible guest, someone that I have been a fan of for a really long time. Uh, uh, She is a, 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 the list is actually so long that I wrote it down. Writer, (laughs) head writer, comedian, producer, reporter, host, musician, actor, songwriter. uh, Singer. Singer, singer, singer. There are a few people I want to be in this world. Lately, it's been zeroing around Jack Antonoff and Weird Al Yankovic, and I am going to add Casey Spivey, our guest, to that <laughs> list because she is doing like the things that I wish I could be doing all day, every day. Casey, welcome. Oh my gosh, what an amazing intro! Thank you so much. It really is such like an honor and pleasure to have you here with us. Oh my God! Likewise, I'm like he's equally honored. <laughs> and thank you. And and Lily and I are where we stumbled on you first was, and and in some ways I think one of the inspiration for it us. Sounds so weird. We stumbled on you. Well, we yeah, we didn't physically stumble on you, but <laughs> no. I would say the, Lily, we, we, the inspiration the for this for doing this podcast, aside from coming from our childhood, comes from a couple of other places, and one of them is that we were avid listeners of the original Screen Rant Underground, and that is our Uh, go-to entertainment news website for our family, and you were a reporter and writer for them, correct? Yes. Oh, that was my... uh, I hate to say this, but that was my favorite place to work. I loved, loved Screen Rant so much. 
that makes me so happy to hear it because like in my mind that is all... really nice to hear because we oh. use screen rant as a verb in our family yeah we, oh. before we had this podcast we would just it's... call each other up and to say hey we got to screen rant this tv show oh. and that's how this podcast was born and then we used it so much of it it was such a part of our lexicon and our just our regular everyday use that shy was like guys okay but we can't we actually have to come up with a name for what we do because we can't call it that. I was like, we can't. That's not a verb. <laughs> he's like, no, that's that's a that belongs to people. And I was like, oh, right. I don't want like Ben Kendrick coming over our house and slapping us with a lawsuit. No, but I just mean like you know it became such a part of our everyday usage because we like it so much. So that's where I discovered Casey. But then I realized, I learned as following you on Instagram and Twitter and all those things because you were like a nice person. I don't know if you remember this, but the little people like us, we remember when people do things like tweet back at us or, uh, or or you know say hi. You said hi to one of my kids on a live stream once, and uh, um, and so, but but so when I when I list all those things, right? Uh, you've you write you write parody songs, you act you sing you you're a host where does all of this come from let's just start there what <laughs> what oh where, my where, where did where did you get all this stuff and where did you have the guts to just say i'm gonna do all these things oh my gosh it's so funny because when you list it all out like that i'm like oh yeah i'm definitely nuts like wow that is really interesting that i do that i i do do all those things you're right <laughs> Um, well, I, I grew up in a, uh, entertainment household. So it, in Dallas. So to me, it was not weird or abnormal to be like, I would have sleepovers and I would steal one of my dad's cameras and I would make everybody create a dance or a sketch or sing to grease or something like that. And then everyone would go to sleep and I would stay up all night and I'd edit it together and then I'd burn them on DVD. <laughs> So you were people. doing parodies at a young age. Yeah, so very young, you know. Wow. 12, 13, 14. It just was not – my dad got me, like, this free, like, editing software thing that I would, you know, mess around with on my computer. But I look back on that now, and I go, oh, wow, of course I ended up doing <laughs> what I do now. But, you know, at the time, I'm just – you know, I was also playing basketball and cheerleading and, you know, like, doing all these different things and – I really, really, really wanted to be um, a Broadway actress. That was my, like, big thing that I wanted to do. And I just thought if I could just, you know, grow up and be an actress, it would be so amazing. Um, and I went to college. And my parents, I think wisely, were like, um, we really don't think you should get a theater degree. <laughs> Which I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like... I was very upset about, but now I'm like, you guys definitely pushed me in the right direction. Um, so I was like, fine, I'll get a, um, I'll do film like you guys then. Um, and they were like, that's not really what we meant, but, <laughs> 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 but okay, fine. Um, and I ended up going to the University of Oklahoma and the film program was embedded into the journalism program oh. and oh cool which is a very odd place to put it but in oklahoma you know there's not a real big 
broad understanding of filmmaking, um, you know, so it just kind of ended up in the journalism department. And I never, ever, ever thought the two would combine in any way, shape or form. Um, so I was like, you know, kind of ignoring my journalism classes and really focusing on my screenwriting classes. And I was very active in the acting community in Oklahoma. So I had like an agent in Oklahoma and I was going on auditions for commercials and I was filming all the time, just like nonstop. I was constantly on camera acting because that's what I thought that I wanted to do. And I was just getting this degree to have a degree, <laughs> you know? Um, and then when I graduated, I moved to Los Angeles and I started working, uh, in the mailroom at a talent agency. Um, oh, that's, that that's such a classic, yeah. that's like such yeah. a classic I LA know, story. Right? I know. Right. I, I, and I couldn't even tell you it, that was literally just kind of magic how it happened. It's like my professor knew someone who knew someone who let me interview. And then I, you know, so, and of all places, um, I ended up, so I started in the mailroom and then three days later I was recruited to be in a, uh, they call it getting a desk, which is like somebody's assistant. Um, but it was for a comedy agent. And again, I had no idea that all of this would kind of come back into play, but I was miserable and terrible at the job, but I was like, you know, helping book comedians in, you know, to on tour dates and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I was a production, it basically, I was a production assistant by day and, you know, move, move through different productions that I was working on. I worked at Warner Brothers for a little while and then I would leave and I would go do theater shows at night because I thought, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do theater. I want to be an actor. I was, I had an, I got agents and I was auditioning on my lunch breaks and like, it was just like, I was kind of doing all of it around the clock. Um, and then I got, I started doing comedy sketch and we did this show called TMI, which is like a takeoff of TMZ. And ah. Good, yeah, good so take. It was, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was funny and making fun of celebrities. And I was like, oh, well, if we're going to do like TMZ, like, shouldn't we have like fake reporters and like, you know, do fake, fake news stand ups? And they were like, well, do you want to do that? <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, sure. They're like, well, you have to make it because we don't, none of us have time to do that. Um, so I was like, oh, OK, so got a little camera and I got it figured out how to do the green screen and stuff. And so I would just like start, I started making these little like parody reporter standups that would do like standup jokes instead of real news, like about Kim Kardashian or whatever. And they so would like play a, like a talk soup kind of a thing or soup, yeah. I guess soup is yeah. what it's called. The soup. Like, yeah, exactly. And it was called like the TMI minute and they would play them, you know, in between the different sketches and don't go find them. They're not good. They're terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> those don't, those don't bubble to the top of YouTube when they search your name. If good. it makes you feel yeah. better, that makes me feel real good because you know, when you start something and I had never really been like a reporter before I didn't do reporting in college. Like, you know, I really stayed away from journalism and I was essentially making fun of it. Um, and then I saw this job posting for, it was, I think it was writer-editor um, 
for Screen Rant. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I could have a job, like, talking <laughs> about movies? Um, and I was like, hey, like, here's the stuff I've been doing for comedy, but like, I could be serious and I really love movies and I can edit and shoot and write. And, you know, like, I tend to have, I guess I have all these skills. And they were like, great, come on, come on board. And it was pretty clunky at the beginning. You know, I definitely had a lot like, you know, Ben and Ryan, they really had to kind of work with me and teach me how to take that into a professional realm um, and do like good quality stuff. But yeah, I was with them for like two years and it was awesome. And just like literally dream job, you know? And so that, obviously and you know i still to this day like i have my job and then i go and i do theater like so it's just kind of like i always uh, they're always working in tandem it's just like my my job has gone from production assistant to now head writer and producer (laughs) at what's trending and and, and your yeah and and your on-air talent so let's talk about what what's trending for a moment because so lily and i have a funny connection to what's trending Uh, well in the sense well sort of in the sense that we come from the same small town that shira lazar comes from in the sense that we're, well, wait. She was. Wait, I went to elementary school with her. She was in my class. No. She what? No really? Shirley Star was yeah. in your class, Lily. She's your. She, year? she has. I can't believe she wouldn't remember me. I mean, I'm so memorable. I don't mean that. <laughs> That's because you I were mean, crying all the time. Probably. Um. Oh my God. I, I, I would be shocked that she doesn't remember the last name Corman. Uh. So we're we're we're. we're, we're didn't you? Weren't you in her brother's class? No. I don't know who her brother is. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, oh, the point, the point is, is that we're when I say small town, I mean not just the town of Montreal, but the town of Jewish Montreal is a yeah. very small town. And her and I went to elementary school together. So wow, I didn't. Even, that is I did not wild. Uh, yeah. And so you are now head writer on her. She found. Yes. Did she found what? She's a founder of What's Trending. She created it. So, yeah, it's, so it is her thing. I discovered it because I was gassing up at the gas station a few months ago. <laughs> and and, and like, oh, it's wait. one of the things on gas station TV. And I even said, I said, isn't that Sheer Lazar from Montreal? Lily, I took a picture. And I she's said, been on TV for a while, though. Like, yeah. she, I mean, she's done other stuff on TV, but that's pretty random that you saw her there and then was like, what? And then I was like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> and then I saw yeah. that Casey, someone who's. And her hair used to be really curly. And now it's straight. Maybe that's why you didn't notice. You weren't sure. That that is true. But so, how'd you end up at What's Trending, and what is the the mission of What's Trending? Um. Well, so the uh, the space of what I do now is just is getting smaller and smaller by the day. I don't know if you guys keep up with any of the like back end entertainment like industry news, but the digital space is definitely packed. In, packed. It, well, yeah, it's def- it's definitely like morphing and evolving because you know the ways to make money with it are kind of constantly changing. Um, so yeah, it seems like, like they change an algorithm and then suddenly someone was making money off of something and boom, it's over. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if you've seen like you know all the BuzzFeed stuff or Smosh or like you know just these. Yeah, huge- I saw mm-hmm. Smosh closed down. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like these huge multimedia companies that have based their entire model on one thing. And it's like, you know, that algorithm changes or, you know, YouTube apocalypse happened where a bunch of advertisers pulled out after Logan Paul did that crazy thing with the suicide forest. And then all these YouTubers were no longer making any money. (laughs) Like, it's just like, it's a really wild, it really is the wild west, honestly. So people people were really excited to jump in and then a lot of companies pulled out and it's just a really weird thing. So, um, the, basically all that to say like jobs like this are very few and far between. (laughs) Um, and I am a part of a group, a comedy group, um, for like Los Angeles people, uh, and on Facebook and the person who was the head writer for what's trending shira's like main person was leaving to pursue um screenwriting and so he posted he does comedy and he posted in there and he was like hey guys like you know i'm i'm moving on and you know we're looking for people and i had two friends tag me in it and they were like casey (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome So shout out to those friends, honestly. But I was like, oh, my God, this is wild. And the fact that it was it posted in a comedy group, so it was friendly to comedians. It was just like a really weird, perfect storm. And so I sent my stuff over. And honestly, within a week was was working like it was wild. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And and everything you everything you seem to relay about what it is like working there seems like it is really fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, you know, working in entertainment is like, like, there's obviously that huge risk of like anything in entertainment, like not just the digital space, but like, you know, you could be working on a movie or a TV show and then suddenly it's canceled and you have to go find a new job and like all that stuff. So there is like a, that, that nuts, that craziness of working in the industry in general, that is like kind of what you have to put up with in order to do something that is so fun like you know it's like yeah like this this is a crazy space and it's definitely like it's not all just kardashian jokes (laughs) 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 you know i work really tough hours and i'm i do i work really really hard it's like it is a very big job and there's a lot to it and I work long hours and stuff like that, but it is like, it's so fun to, my job is to be creative and to create content that hopefully resonates with people. And we've, it's been cool to see, you know, with, I, I think with, with a head writer position, you, you kind of, the tone of the content, because I write everything, whether I'm hosting it or she's hosting it, like I write everything. And I pick the stories that go like across all platforms every day. So it really is kind of like my tone that gets to be kind of projected into the world. So it's really cool to see. And you must not write with any typos. (laughs) No, there's plenty of typos. (laughs) I assume there's some kind of copy editor, maybe. No, 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 just you guys. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, yeah it, it is a and lot. then you're doing your own stuff simultaneously 
is what yeah. you were saying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and actually, I really want to I want to segue to that because right now, you are you are part of a comedy troupe. You are the writer, producer, founder of a huh. YouTube channel. But I feel like it's more than just a YouTube channel, and that is Blonde Jokes. And yeah. everyone who's listening, go check out. It's the <laughs> is it the Blonde Jokes? It's uh, it, no, I think it's just Blonde Jokes. No, but Blonde, right. Blonde okay. Jokes the series. You could go to YouTube.com/slash Blonde Jokes the series or follow us on Instagram at the Blonde Jokes, and you can uh, click through. Oh, that's so. where you're saying. See, that's where I got the the Instagram. from. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and well, uh, a, it's hilarious. I want to ask you about individual sketches in a moment, but just give us the pitch. Tell tell the listeners about Blonde Jokes. Well, it kind of originated, you know, as I said, like I've been doing like, you know, comedy, I've been working and then doing theater at night and all that theater um, has been like, I did parody musicals, lost the musical, which actually is coming back soon. I did Game of Thrones, the musical and, you know, I did TMI and, you know, all these like crazy comedy things, which is so fun and is so rewarding. And at the same time, I play the same character a lot. Um, I don't really get an opportunity through other people's eyes to be cast in roles that would stretch me. Um, So I was talking to a few of my friends who kind of come up against the same issue (laughs) or, you know, like we're never cast in the same team together because we play the same part. (laughs) 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 Um, And we were just kind of talking about it. And my friend Heidi, who she was producing comedy shows, like she's studied at the ground lanes. Like she's really, really talented and very, very smart, but comes up against the same the same issue as I do um, in regards to personal growth in comedy. And we were like, well, why don't we just create our own space and we'll call it the blonde jokes and we'll stretch ourselves and it'll be kind of a space for us to grow and try stuff that we otherwise would not have the opportunity to try. And we knew it's less than a year old and we knew that it would be, kind of a learning curve like you know I've made sketches before and I've you know but this really is like we gather our materials together from our closet and push record and like you know it's no budget no help like we are cooking lunch like you know it's like it's all of us but it's it's rewarding because we get to kind of just play that's 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 really cool. I I believe uh so I don't let's see. I've first of all Blonde Girl is hilarious. The first bit I saw was the Britney Spears parody that you guys wrote. But oh, I be- yeah. but I leave the that's opening yeah. the opening bit was almost like you guys you broke you, I don't know if you I don't know any terms about anything, but it, it was almost like you let the you, the listeners or the watchers in on the joke with that bit the audience you, the, the oh, audience what? that's it like, are you sorry. okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're not that bad like we've watched stuff before the, the audience <laughs> it's the bit where you and I assume Heidi is the other person that's in that mm-hmm. scene are making the blonde jokes while you're reading these magazines yep and yeah. I, I feel like, like that was a declaration of we're going to break type Yes, exactly. And I'm really, really glad you understood that. We, mm-hmm. Heidi, Heidi wrote that one, and we were trying to figure out 
you know, we understood it and we knew it, we were joking and we knew we were being sarcastic. Like these literally are not funny. Like this is ridiculous. And it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, stupid and silly that like people were like, you know, it's just like kind of nailing it so on the nose of like this, like this is dumb. Like we're not just like dumb people, but, um, I directed that one and I wanted to make sure visually that it was really over the top. Like we really were, it was very obvious that this was not like, and it has a laugh track, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which is great. (laughs) Well, we added, we, we kind of wanted to, you know, like our dream is to have a sitcom, you know? (laughs) So we were kind of like, let's just set that up. And like, well, you guys, your chemistry is fantastic. Yeah. I really, Thank really you. have to say that that is hard to come by. I feel like that's not easy. And chemistry, you can't fake it. And yeah. I love it. Oh, my gosh. That means so much because, yeah, we are we are truly best friends here. And we do have, a, like, we, we are kind of like sisters in real life. And, you know, her mom is like my mom. You know, it's just like. That's it, awesome we're of the same you know heart and so it's really really great but yeah but with those visuals with like you know taking the frames and making them laugh and like having a laugh track and like looking into the camera and being wonky and weird and like taking you into like an extreme different visual um with it like you know another I love to direct like I I love filmmaking and I love cinema so this was also a chance for me to kind of go okay so we could totally do sketches but we could take stuff that's instead of just being like, you know, coverage, 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 it could then wide, tight, tight. Like we could do some really interesting things. So like with that and like with Tupperware and even with, um, yeah, Tupperware is, Tupperware is, I don't know if what you guys think is your like Abbey road or, you know, (laughs) Sergeant pepper, but Tupperware, Tupperware, uh, which your cowbell, if you will. Yeah, Tupperware <laughs> to me because okay, so if I I'm gonna set up Tupperware if you don't mind. No, please do. So Tupperware, the premise of it is the classic suburban Tupperware party, and it's like a you know a crazy cult where someone walks in and thinks they're just coming over for for a regular hangout, and then they're really being sold things. Now, I live in the suburbs now. Right. Well, I was going to say, like, but that it doesn't have to be Tupperware. I feel like it translates. You can just replace it with any, like, craze that uh, are all the time coming and your friends try to just sell you. Oils. Di- I've had oils, <laughs> diet pills. My <laughs> wife regularly has to attend these things called cabbie parties where she insists she's not going to come back with anything and always comes back with stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah, no, I, so that makes me happy because I, I wrote that one and, and directed that one. That was kind of like my baby. Um, and I, I was drugged to, and I don't know if you guys know what, uh, I won't say the name of the company. I won't say it, but I was drugged to one of these things, um, as kind of like a favor to somebody cause they had to bring somebody and I was like, fine, like I'll go. It and- seems that 50% of the people in LA on Instagram <laughs> are selling one of these things. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it is like a, it's a cult mind of a business and it's just like wild um, because you really make money by recruiting people. It's not selling the product, which is like wild. Right. Uh, 
but I was like, I was just sitting there thinking about all these like things about it. And I was like having these inner dialogues myself, like, this is cult. Like, what am I doing? And then I was like, I need to comment on this. And I was like, my way of commenting on stuff is to make it into comedy, um, commentary, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, I like, I went home and I like wrote it immediately. And I had that idea of like, taking the camera through like it being a horror film or a thriller film and having people look straight down the barrel at the camera like they're looking into your soul like how you feel when you're in those situations and how weird it could be and we took it back to the 50s and set it there with Tupperware because that's not really a company that does that anymore um but <laughs> yeah. it, it is supposed to represent like modern day like how you feel in those situations and how you know how ridiculous it can be and so it was but also when you realize it like at first you totally think it's like whatever it is is not a thing like i was once invited over to someone's house it was like this really cool thing where they were gonna like cook stuff you could learn the recipe and then when i that moment when i realized they were just selling me the like mixer or whatever i was like no that dread that you feel oh we have a we have a visitor to the call here we have our so younger please. sister Becky. Listen, if my audio oh. Hello Hi, gang. Hi. Just dropping in on you here. Uh, so <laughs> it's a double surprise guest episode. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll 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 find a way to edit this part. Well, you see, the thing is, this is that with with the show, we are dedicated. The three of us doing things together is really important to us. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. have we have done some really strange things to ensure have that three all us three of us do time. an episode together. So here we have oh. Becky driving back from taking her kid to the emergency room, and she's like, "I need to get on the show, guys." So I have I have I have brought her in. Uh, oh. But. But Lil, let, let's let's sort of just let's finish the thing on Tupperware. Uh, so Casey, there's three people in the scene when you're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And you're yes. in, you're in a location. How many other people go into putting? Because I think it looks. I mean, you're saying that it's low budget, no budget. I think it looks awesome. I, I'm I'm trying to imagine how someone makes something look that good. How many people are actually working on making something like Tupperware, which to me looks like it has a high production value? Happen. Oh, thank you so much. I have entered into some festivals, so we'll see if I get it. But um, yeah, so right before that, um, we really would. Hold on a second. Lily, what the hell? <laughs> I'm on mute. No, you're not. But I am. No. I'm on mute. <laughs> wait. Wait, that's. Is it that the I'm on you're... mute? You're I'm not on mute. mute. And I have things to oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, so sorry. It was just Casey, in Casey's I, amazing I, answer about I'm Tupperware so being sorry. in festivals. I'm so sorry. in festivals. I don't understand. I pushed mute. I'm so sorry. Oh my it god. Didn't work. No. Casey, I apologize tremendously. My, it's terrible. My, I did not mean to make noise. My so instinct sorry. of my no no my instincts kicked in. I like you know when you hear noise and you're uh, well when we're filming and we hear noise we just stop and wait for it to finish and then start talking again so that was literally like my instinct. I'm so sorry <laughs> no uh, oh my right. God. so hit us with the t- hit us with the answer to my question about how much goes into yes how much okay, goes into that so 
Yeah. So we decided that we were going to take the opportunity to um, have an all-female crew as well. Um, we wanted to empower other women throughout the process, and uh, it turned out to be really fun. Um, so we recruited for that one, um, and it was all, like, students and people who were, you know, just working to get real footage or wanted a, a wanted free food. I don't know what, why they showed up. But we had an amazing DP, Aaron, who had just invested in a red camera. So that's where the quality comes from is her like amazing, cool new red camera that she wanted to use. Um, cool. She is finishing up school. So it's like, we just got really lucky and she's very talented. And of course she's already like working so much. Like I can barely get her <laughs> to, 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 have, to have a free schedule to shoot another one, but um, which is very good. Very, very good for her. And um, we had, a, we had, we actually had two, we had a first AD, which was somebody who was kind of keeping us on schedule because we actually shot two sketches in one day. We only shot Tupperware and, um, from like 9 a.m. to noon. And then we shot the superhero sketch from like one to six or something like that. So we wow. really had, we had a tight, tight schedule. I think we only did that. You know, you see, it's pretty much one take um, through from different perspectives. We really only ran that inside thing probably four times, and I just like was like, okay, get this, get the inserts, and move on. Um, but yeah, so it was really fast and crazy. Um, but so we had a first AD kind of taking us through the day. She was awesome. And then we had about three other people, um, who were PAs or helping like iron the costumes while we were filming this one or whatever. So that actually was probably five other people behind the camera. Um, and yeah, that was probably our biggest, our biggest crew was for that one. That's that's really cool, and that's really cool that you took the opportunity to reach out and empower women. Uh, my follow-up question here has to do with uh, kind of tying it back to the, where we started. Hold on, says the guy who makes his sisters stay on mute. No, I, Sorry. Becky, I was going to tee you up here for a second. <laughs> Sorry, I needed, I needed to take the shot. No, no, that's fine. Be and of the three of us, just so you know, Casey, Becky is the actual filmmaker who has credits and makes documentaries on social justice and stuff. So she's she's the only one with any credibility in this conversation, to be honest, other than you, of course. But, oh, wow. the, but the question I wanted to ask, tying back to what you talked about, about being typecast in certain parts, look, mm. you, Heidi, you're, how do I say this in a not creepy way, you're attractive, like, female performers in the comedy world which is I gonna, yeah i was gonna say tough, the clincher there is being is the funny part right yeah. you're in the you're in a competitive place where you know and you kind of came right at these stereotypes right away what is that experience being women who are <laughs> challenging the because it's not like you're not getting opportunities they're just giving you a very specific kind what's it like right. challenging the the that that scenario that dynamic yeah um i mean it is liberating to be in a space where like on that shoot day and i i hate to say this but it was because it was all women it was 
like it was unlike anything we'd ever experienced before. Usually when we're on set, you know, you don't even realize um, the tone or, you know, your subconscious feeling like, okay, well, I, I need to, you know, make sure I have a sweater on or I need to make sure I'm, you know, not acting a certain way because I don't want somebody to ask me out or, you know, it's like you don't even realize that that's happening um, in so many work environments or even just like, you know, doing comedy and stuff. And uh, Heidi has, I mean, she's open about it, but she has had some pretty intense experiences um, in the working in the industry. And I have been very fortunate to not have had those to my knowledge. Nobody's said anything or done anything to me, um, to my face that I felt like really shocked about. Um, though I do recognize that looking back a lot of situations, I was like, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> I was probably in that situation because of X, Y, and Z. So just to not even have that element in the room when we're trying to be creative was so freeing. And it's nice because we went, oh, we want to do this all the time. <laughs> like, now right. it's tough because it's like, I can only imagine. Yeah, we don't want to go back to those situations. And now that we have, you know, a, a camaraderie and we know what that experience is like, it's like, oh, wow, like, we could work like this, <laughs> you know, this world exists. Right. And I'm sure, and like you've, you're in all aspects of the production, not just the, you're not just an actress. And so you can get it. Whereas I'm sure Becky gets it and not even being an actress, but being on the production side, mm -hmm. I'm sure that Becky will yeah, type yeah, in. And I feel she like can, Becky can hundred percent, I'm sure relate. I feel like right shrinking now. into my corner now and just putting my microphone <laughs> on mute. And, and Becky, I see Becky has unmuted herself. So Becky, just fire away. I, I, I know that even if you were in oncoming traffic right now, you would need to weigh in. So I'm just going to sit in a little corner and let Becky take the reins Hold here. Hold on. Yeah, well, no, just, I would... just about being like a woman in the film production space? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, well, um... uh, just, just, yeah, and Casey's saying that like being on an all-woman set was such a huge difference. Frances McDormand in her Oscar speech said, I want, I'm going to commit to having half Right? Or all productions? Wasn't her that said, like, all productions from here on no, out should be happening? No, uh, she said... No, Regina King. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Regina, Regina King yeah. said... And Dormant was, like, uh, the writer, the... Right, the writer, the, exactly. The, yeah. And and Regina King and half the women. So, like, imagine just getting half, you know, but Casey... I mean, I can't really speak to it because I've never been on a... I've never been on a production that's... I mean, half women. I've never been on a production I think that's had more than... God, when I was working on like a big TV show, there was probably like 10 women out of 100 people. And like, I don't know, I'm going on a shoot tomorrow. We're a team of five. I'm the one woman. And the last time I did a shoot, we were like 13 people. I was the one woman. I mean, I'm usually the only woman, let alone half, let alone half or all. Right. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, one is I a big know, deal. Half is so better. Curious. All women sounds well, it was very interesting, and I think um, I just realized how important it is to have representation. I mean, not just women, but of all you know, diverse backgrounds uh, at the table. Um, we had not originally intended to do an all-female crew, um, not, not just because you know we didn't 
think that that was whatever we were kind of pitching it out to people we knew that had camera you know or who would might want to you know trade a favor of like we'll act in your stuff if you'll record us or whatever um and we, we pitched this it was blonde jokes with that sketch that we were talking about of like really nailing the joke on the head and in, in being sarcastic about these blonde jokes we pitched the script and we just sent the script to a couple of guys and no fault of theirs but the feedback we got back we realized quickly that they did not understand the joke they did not understand <laughs> that we were being facetious or we were this like the jokes weren't actually funny like they didn't understand that which is no fault to them um but we just noticed that when we sent it to, you know, Erin, she got it immediately. She was like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. Like, she had no notes. She was like, yeah, absolutely. And we also had an experience where we were looking for a DP, but a lot of the men that we pitched the script to, I was definitely planning on directing. And they were like, well, we're not gonna, I'm not going to DP unless I direct. And, like, it's just those small things that add up to you're like, you're – just let me have a voice and like understand like what I'm trying to say here. Um, and it was easier to do that with, um, with women. I don't who understood what we were trying to say. So not that it has to be all women, but more representation so that the people who are making the product understand the content. Um, I felt that way with Wonder Woman that I, when I watched Wonder Woman, I started crying during the scenes where they, these women were fighting. And I didn't understand why until I left the theater. And I was like, I realized that it's because this is the first time I've seen a superhero woman through the lens, literally through the lens of a female filmmaker and a female eye. And it was so refreshing and empowering. And it's kind of un intangible. You don't know, it's just somebody's perspective that it really changes the tone of the piece in a way that you can't if you haven't ha had that experience before, you know? And did you, just out of curiosity, Captain Marvel is also co-directed by a woman. Did you notice the difference there? I haven't um, seen it yet. That's why I, I haven't seen it yeah. since, you, since you talked about Wonder Woman. I felt, you know, <laughs> it's co-directed male and and right, as a, a woman and a man. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I felt watching it, honestly. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could say a lot of things about it. I, I fully support the piece, and I think it's so important culturally and all that kind of stuff. But I did sit there going, I think, I was like, I think that was directed by a man, and I think that was directed by a woman. I don't know why. That's uh, interesting. Totally my own judgment, but there's definitely certain things you can just kind of tell, like that somebody understands your experience when they've gone through it as a filmmaker or an artist and any or a writer well i mean it's really commendable and incredible and just successful and funny that you guys have you ladies have <laughs> said well i want to make a space for myself and i mean look at reese witherspoon nicole kidman laura dern right they had to do it they were like well i guess we'll just make our own show and, yeah. you know they're like the most famous actresses in the world and you know big little lies is because of them Interesting enough, has a male director. It's an amazing show, and yeah. you know, I'm sure their voices impacted Are how. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I also like with with series in particular, um, the like the, the the creative producers and the showrunners have a really heavy hand in the vision and the continuity. So even though it's directed by a man, I have no right. doubt that they have a very heavy influence on and, on, and like on the series. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you can feel it when you're watching it. You're like, okay, women are involved in this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's nothing, and I, I hate to, like, you know, I'm not, like, a man basher at all. I think I, I really value a man's perspective, and I appreciate, like, I'm not, like, feminist to the point of, like, take down all the men, you know? Uh, but I we hear you. think it's, like, the representation is just so important, you know, and I just had the opportunity to see that kind of firsthand in a very micro micro way. <laughs> um, but it, it made me really think about representation in all areas too. Cause you know, there's just, it, it's important. Um, can I ask you a quick question? If that's okay, Shai, you can just let me know and we'll go back, but, or not at all, but I, your wow, since we're on women and all that, your, your new segment, it's new, right? Wow. Yeah. Yes, we um, I loved it. I don't know if you need like fans to tell you that, but I just yes. really loved it. I loved I, it too. I Beautiful. would watch a lot more of it. I think WOW is just such a great acronym, and I love the way you guys say WOW, and it's just really cute. And I like that it, you, you know, Heidi, and you guys were talking about you know, something poignant about, like, that email that she had sent and, you know, touched on serious things, but then you can also talk about the Kardashian scandal, but in right. a serious way, too, and bring up the fact that, like, there's a big slut-shaming thing and, um, you know, race plays into that. Just and then... A... Sorry? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think you're saying that because it's, it's a new segment. We're, you know, we're obviously... We're trying different things and having different ideas, but we realized that you know, we had an opportunity, people were responding to us. Um, and we, we've, uh, I can't really talk about stuff that there's confidential stuff that's going on, but a good, good confidential stuff, but people have responded to us and we noticed that they were just responding to what we were doing more so than the content that we were making. They were like, like what you guys are saying, Uh, just people were like, like responding to that that act of defiance honestly and we were like we we should have a a segment where we because we are serious intellectual people so when we're not really showcasing that and maybe people would appreciate a space where do women are 100 percent talking about women. No, I mean it's by the way, it's very clear it was very clear to me that you're from from your sketches that you are very smart women cuz oh. yes, you're being satirical but but I, I think in order to pull off satire, you have to have a deep understanding of not just what you're satirizing, but you know the culture and so- what's going on in society and and kind of predict how people might respond to that. I mean, it's it's very clear and and you guys are both still you're you're still funny in it because you're funny and (laughs) that doesn't have to be sacrificed because you're talking about all different kinds of things and um just you i loved your response to the nike commercial um i made me think of you beck because and shy we talked all about that gillette commercial on men and all that and then 
I, I yeah, started we had a, crying we had a fun. when I well, watched you guys way, talking I, about it. <laughs> I was I was listening, so I was listening to the um to the piece because I was watching it with my daughter, so we weren't like watching it. So I was actually just listening to your to you to you guys talk, and so I was listening to the Nike commercial and without seeing anything. I started Did you tear crying. Up? Yeah. yeah, I totally started to tear up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's it, it, it's so wild. Like it's like just even hearing you guys kind of chime in on on this. It's just like it's so weird that this this space is kind of so untapped, and like the the idea that you know as uh, how I'm feeling after watching something might also be how somebody else is feeling and it just like it's just really it's just really nice to like hear and it makes me feel like not not alone you know sure well because you're doing it for your passion I'm assuming you don't do this you know just for the big bucks it's about passion and it's about you know doing something with your friend and making great content but it's also about connecting to people and we loved it. So make more. Cause yeah. we will watch. And, and as someone who has spent his life around super smart, hilarious women, <laughs> uh, always outnumbered by them. Uh, I, I wholly endorse my sister's uh, answer uh, or, or, or reaction. You guys are awesome. Aww, now, what now as, as, as the big brother here, one of the things I've subjected my sisters to, and now my kids to, because uh, I asked my, my seven-year-old earlier today if she could be in a particular band, whose band would she be in? And she said Weird Al's. So yeah. parodies, parodies. I'm sure she heard that at school. No. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so parodies are like hugely important to me. So before we get into our movie parody discussion, I just want to know... So the Britney Spears musical parody you, you do plays on so many levels because it is a very funny and b it's also t taking this very intense look I think at the way like teachers' lives are and what they give to their students. <laughs> and, it's and, like a really serious issue so who, <laughs> at the who, same time, and it comes through who, in the video. Who are your parody, particularly on the musical side, parody inspirations? Um, probably like. My uh, my biggest inspiration is Flight of the Concords, even though they're oh. not necessarily parodying. They're they're all original con music as yeah. well as Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, um, Garfunkel and Oates! I, I I but it's comedy and music. I love yeah. Garfunkel and Oates so much. I, yeah, but, yeah, it's it's but like with both of them, it's like they're they're I guess I guess like Flight of the Concords is satire, right? Some of their songs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. well, parody and satire aren't the same thing. Like, so like, it's it is satirical. Like, I don't know, yeah. I'm I'm a huge I'm usually obsessed with Flight of the Concords. Yeah. By the way, I could talk <laughs> about their songs in detail with you, but we can spare my siblings. <laughs> I was playing the rhinoceros song the other day, like in the morning, <laughs> with the kids around. I mean, and they were like, "What's going on here?" That no, is the a whole show. That's brilliant. That's a classic, but. I will, but their that whole the whole album from the first season is it's genius. I mean, second season of the show too, but they're they're very special. 
yeah and i think uh, i mean i watch snl pretty much every week uh actually i watch snl every week i don't know why i said pretty much because that's a lie um and have for for a long time and i i, I don't know if you guys remember like andy samberg and his friends started doing those digital shorts and they were like really ridiculous and like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that was I, I mean that was arguably the best part of saturday night live <laughs> yeah. during that yeah. era for a while but like lonely island is now so much bigger than yeah. the than the digital shorts it's pretty amazing to see how how that's grown yeah, I, I actually strongly argue that Justin Timberlake, when he did his <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show, should have just you brought have. the Lonely Island guys. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> is one of my soapbox us. things. I would have much rather heard we know Mother Lover and Dick in a Box and the Boat <laughs> one than than that Sunshine in uh, the Bucket. We know, we know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I get I get stuck on a few things. That's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, obviously SNL is a huge influence on that, but you know, like with Britney, um, I wrote that one as well. So I appreciate that. Uh, with Britney, it was like, I, I have a huge, uh, I have a huge, you know, heart for teachers. I have friends who are teachers and as we've kind of, you know, gone into our different careers, it's like, it's interesting to hear their perspective on teaching and how little they make and how you know one friend loves it one friend hates it like you know (laughs) so (laughs) it's like I I, we had a teacher strike here in LA too it's like a big big deal and I was just thinking about that and then I think a Britney Spears song came on and I was like I just kind of put them together and I was like what if this was like Britney Spears all grown up and it was, you know, they're teachers now and like, you know, I which, don't know. Which is a great way to also visually revisit the school scene and that famous outfit and, and all of that. That just, it plays on so many levels, that video. <laughs> oh, okay, so now we ultimately, the name of the show is Friday Night Movie. The premise of that is, of course, Lily, Becky, and I, through college, like all the way through grown adults, even because we all went to college in in the small town of Jewish Montreal or Montreal. And we went, we would go home to our parents on Friday night. We'd have Shabbat dinner and we'd go to the movies and we'd talk about movies. So that's kind of where all of this oh. comes from. I did the same thing too. Oh, okay, cool. We would go to, Blo- we'd go to Blockbuster though and get a pizza. Yeah. There, there. Well, we had we used to rent movies, but our dad would fall asleep so much that we needed to physically go out to the theater. <laughs> That's cute. So, so let's talk about parody movies. We have a game we play on the show. It is called Buy, Rent, or Meh. <laughs> okay. And, and we put, in any event, movies are the language of our family and are one of our favorite games to play on this show. The first, I would say, signature bit that we developed on the show Oh, wow. 80 plus episodes ago. It's called Buy, Rent, or Meh. And we put three things in front of you, or we sometimes use it as our rating scale. And you have to assign a value, buy, rent, or meh, to each one of those individual things. Mm-hmm. So, so now buy is, if you think of it in terms of your iTunes collection, something you'd buy. You want to rewatch it, you own it, you loved it. Rent is like, eh, I'd rent it. I'd go to Blockbuster, but I'm not going to buy that $20 VHS and keep it in my collection on the wall. Now, meh, because we don't we don't inherently want to be negative about things, but I like the idea of people having to choose. 
Meh can be, depending on how you say the meh, and you can define it however you want, is a third category. So it can be like, meh, I hate it. Or it and then sometimes there's a fourth category, which is bleh, yeah. which is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> bleh, it doesn't bleh, always have to be part of it. Bleh was introduced by by a very uh, a very official talent, someone who had worked on Parks and Rec, who was one of our guests, uh, who had been a DP on, on Parks, Parks and Rec, who was one of our guests. And she created bleh on the spot. And we said, well, that's, that's <laughs> cred right there. From now on, there is a bleh category that can be invoked. <laughs> oh, my God. It's great. necessary. Yeah, yeah, but it's not necessarily a default. So we're going to look at parody. Do you understand the rules? Yes. Okay. And, and everyone plays, uh, but but you don't have to necessarily explain every single answer if you if you don't want to. But okay, let's start with a classic parody movie group, Mel Brooks. You know Mel Brooks. You've seen his movies. Oh yeah. Okay. So Spaceballs, Men in Tights, Young Frankenstein, Buy Rent or Meh. So each one gets an assign. Wait, you have to assign one. You got to you got to pick one for each. Yeah. I mean, li- let's be clear. Lily breaks the rules every single time. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. And sometimes I'm passionate about then, mo- buying more than one thing. And then Becky just says, "I met all of them. I'm not talking about this." So <laughs> no, I just come up with very quick reactions. Like I already know my answer. It's fine. Like right, this so is here. not a what. Becky, why don't you start, Beck? Okay. So here's how. Here's how I'm gonna do it. Sorry, you have to bear with me a bit. I have a. Mary heard the word meh and then bleh and then she piped up so she's going to be crying in the background. Okay, so I'm buying Spaceballs because it has the most rewatchability for me. It's absolute childhood favorite. I'm renting Men in Tights because I remember it from childhood as being really, really funny and loving it, but I haven't rewatched it since, but I'd like to see it again. And I'm meh Young Frankenstein because I think, I don't even know if I've seen it, just truthfully. I'm just like, have I seen it? Yeah, sure, it's one of the best. It's a classic, amazing. But you know what? It's not on my radar, so meh. It's one of those movies. Is it one of those movies you pretend you've seen? One she just did pretend she saw it. Yeah, exactly. Like five She's seconds. just like, oh, I always I'm a liar. Don't believe anything I say. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, Casey. Okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough is one. It, is because, it though, Casey? Is because it? I do like all of these, but I think... I think I'm going to go by Men in Tights. Oh, my God. I almost choked on my water. Excuse me? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Hi. Okay. That's Hi. the leg of conviction I like to hear around here, Casey. So good for you. Because <laughs> my best friend and I watched that a lot growing up. So it is nostalgic for me. Um, so Fair. Tough but fair. Yeah. Then... Oh my gosh. Okay, I guess I'll have to rent Spaceballs and meh Young Frankenstein, but I do like Young Frankenstein. So that's tough. I it's, wanna it's not, it's not an angry meh. It's not a bleh. Okay. It just means you just like maybe wouldn't spend a lot of money on it if you had to choose between that and Spaceballs. Yeah, like if it was on Netflix, I would for sure watch it. How about that? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Lily, how about Lily, how about you? I'm going to buy Spaceballs, obviously. I just can't even count the ways. Like, it's... I can't. Like, that movie... Yeah, there's not much else to say. It's the greatest of all time. And then I'm going to rent Men in Tights because... um, And there's some nostalgia there. I remember really, really laughing and loving it as a kid. I don't know if it would hold up today, though. 
Um, but I, I haven't seen it so long, but I'm going to rent it. And Young Frankenstein, is it, like, what does it say about me that I remember seeing it as a kid but not understanding it? Like, I worry for my that, that I remember seeing it as a kid. If I, I were to, don't if think I, I got if, it. If I were to rate these movies by when I saw them as a kid, it would be Spaceballs by Men in Tights, Rent, Young Frankenstein, meh. Because as a kid, I remember Mom and Dad telling me this was the funniest movie ever and bringing it home and, first of all, being like, this is in black We're and really white. too young when we watched it. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they showed us stuff way too young. I Wait, worry I for your children, Shai. Because you often, often show them stuff very young. Casey. No, I think it's good for you. I think it's good that, that they're watching it's, it's, things too young. But, yeah, something like like Young Frankenstein, it was too young in, in the way that we just didn't get it, not the way that it was like inappropriate so it's sort of like well, missed the boat on that one i like how you're and saying yeah. we because i don't think you were there that day but that's no fine. i must have been because i have like, vague <laughs> memories of it but particularly being like black you're probably white. three <laughs> i have a really good memory don't ask me really okay, good memory. Okay. so all right okay let's move Next on up. to the the christopher guest oeuvre you know the um the mock documentaries waiting for guffman Best in show, Mighty Wind. Who would like to? Anyone want to? And go you first? did not. You specifically. Oh, you just went with the mock. I met with. You, didn't, you don't have. This is Spinal Tap. No, because there. this is Spinal Tap. Was directed by Rob Reiner, and it's like. Oh, right. And in okay. my view, that's first of all, that makes this way too easy, because right. that's the yeah. one that gave birth and, to and, all of these. And these are his directing. So. These are the ones that Christopher yeah, Guest wrote, made that yeah. don't have Rob Reiner involved. Right. Even though it's the same cast. Yeah, I think I have to break the rule because I love Christopher. Oh, Christopher you just Guest, so I, you just I, buy all of them. I have to, to buy all. Of, I have to. I can't because I love. <laughs> I respect I, that too. I'm. I think it's okay. All right. The rule. All <laughs> right. This is how it's done. Okay? <laughs> we are buying Guffman because I, that was the first of them I ever saw, and it's just it's so genius. I think I could watch it a thousand times. We're renting Best in Show because I feel like it was so unexpected and the seriousness that the, that the characters play is is brilliant and I'm manning a mighty win because I've never even seen it. Again, are you on my radar? Sure, not really. I bet you're funny. One day I'll see you right now. Man. I just strongly disagree with that. I oh, think the right answer is... I'm trying is... to ignite a conversation here, Lily. So oh, best, controversial. So, best all right. show I'm buying because... I like your whole point that it was a surprise. I don't think anybody could possibly expect it to be as brilliant as it is. But I feel like I can easily watch that more times over than Guffman, which is also amazing. But I so also think you just Guffman. love puppies so much. You're like, ooh, a movie with dogs. Okay, you make me sound like a dumb blonde there. So I don't know I don't know what kind of dig that was. But um, there's a reason that they put puppies on TV during the Super Bowl is that so people will watch TV. So I don't know if it's just me. But puppies are a thing. And Guffman is brilliant. So Rent and Mighty Wind, I did like. It was good, but I can only hear that Kiss the Rainbow song so many times. Like, oh. there's so I know, Shy, you put that on so many playlists. It's good <laughs> in the movie. I don't know if it carries through on that many type of playlists for your family and friends. <laughs> so maybe that's how I feel mad about it, is because I had to listen to that song so many times, not just in the movie, like everybody else. I was forced to listen to it outside the movie. So, Casey, by the way, if you want to jump in, change any of your answers, 
or anything like that. But, but we know you've liked all of these. But I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna now. I'm gonna go hard at my sisters here. I Mighty Wind is by far my favorite of the, of that group. I buy, buy, buy it. I love the send up of the whole PBS special, folk music thing. And I think that Kiss at the End of the Rainbow is not only. <laughs> A perfect song, but it should have won the Oscar that year, and instead, some well, song from I mean, Lord of the Rings won. Okay, well, if it should—I mean, it could have. It probably should have won an Oscar, but you know. I I go best in show probably as my my rent and and Guffman as a meh, but I I love those movies both equally. They're both brilliant, and it's it's a very weak meh for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Now let's go with the franchises. This is a little bit of a grab bag category, and this will this will be our last buy rent meh. Uh, there's the scary movie franchise, of which there are like 20 movies. Uh, I feel like I cannot believe how many of those movies there are. There is Hot Shots Part One and Two, and then there is the Naked Gun series, which over time the meaning changes that as 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 O.J. Simpson is kind of a funny character in the. <laughs> in that movie, but then would later, of course, become quite the like, horrific <laughs> opposite, <character>. opposite <laughs> horrific character. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on those? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, th- this one's easier for me because I don't have so much uh, artistic appreciation for franchise type movies, but I do <laughs> think I think I would buy scary movie. Rent Naked Gun and Meh Hot Shots? Maybe? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think all answers are respectable answer, <laughs> answers in this, this category. category. <laughs> I'm going to buy Naked Gun because like, that has some nostalgia for me. I remember seeing that as kids and like maybe that being like the first kind of parody type movie that besides maybe Spaceballs that I thought was like funny and like I could get. Um, which again, I worry what that says about me, but I, well, I'm going to buy that. And then I will rent hot shots because I remember watching that with you back when we were kids and, um, thinking that was like really funny and like had those dirty jokes. Um, I, I remember going to the movie theater to see it. Um, and it was like, Oh, Charlie Sheen when he was like a thing. And then, um, I don't, I don't even think I've seen scary movie. So I'm gonna man. Yeah, I haven't seen Scary Movie either, so it's an honor. I think I think you and Shy haven't seen it because you both are a little bit afraid that it's a scary movie. That's how scary (laughs) movies you guys are. I just like. I've seen. It didn't speak to me in my teenage years when it came out, but um, I don't remember Hot Shots very well. But I am gonna buy it because I love a good young Charlie Sheen situation. Um, (laughs) Like pre-insane Charlie Sheen. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like young Charlie Sheen really speaks to me. That's yeah. that is. Uh, I'm down with that. You all have made this really tough on me as you've gone through this with all these different answers. I gotta go with because all of these are imperfect in a lot of ways. I'll have to go with Naked Gun as my buy because the first two Naked Guns are amazing. The third one is though an abomination. It's terrible. <laughs> Hot Shots Part One is awesome never liked the second one the second one just made me uncomfortable i don't know if you remember there's a whole scene at the end of that movie where lloyd 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 bridges and saddam hussein have a lightsaber fight and turn into like half dog half humans that 
that always just was truly off-putting. And then, and then scary movie. I actually have seen the first two, and I thought the first two were pretty funny. So, but but I'm gonna have to miss scary movie just because it comes so much later in my importance in my life that it, 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 it like I don't love any scary movie as much as I love the first Hot Shots. So that's where I am. Alrighty, uh, we are we are almost ending our our time with the amazing uh, Casey Spivey. Thank you so much for being here with us. When we wrap up the show, we always love to give people an opportunity to give shout outs or recommendations to cool creative people that they know or uh, just random family members. Or Lily shouts out to famous people who don't even listen to the program. I shout out because, you know... Like, why the hell not? I want other people who do listen to the program to maybe pay attention because maybe famous people need more fans, you know, to pay attention to what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh, Lily, uh, what shout outs mm-hmm. do you have this week? Well, um, I feel, I, don't, I feel, I don't know, even though I know it always comes, I feel like it's coming as a surprise, but I'm going to uh, shout out to cousin Vanessa. We usually shout out to her anyway. It's, it's a bit, but we also love her. Um, because we mentioned that, like, of course, we have Casey with the Tupperware and everything. And you mentioned oil shy, but our cousin Vanessa really does, um, in, like, a legit way, uh, love to share her love of essential oils. And um, she has her own Instagram profile, which is um, Oily Mom in Berkeley. I think that's it. Uh, shy, you'll put it on the Instagram and Twitter properly. Um, and sharing, like, amazing... Uh, tricks of the trade, what you can do with essential oils for your health and your mental health. And it's actually very helpful and beautiful and not um, a Tupperware party uh, step, uh, the Stepford Wives type thing. So, um, yay, Vanessa. Becky, how about you? Um, oof, who am I shouting out to? It's been a blur of a week. Um, you know, uh, you can pass. I'm, we I'm always tell you this. We always tell you this. You have an have hour a, to come up out. with a name. I have, an, I have a shout out. <laughs> Relax. Pull your jets. I'm shouting out to Vanessa's dad, cousin Robert Roberto Sinai, doctor, cousin Sinai, because he has been on call answering all my my sick baby questions for the last week we've spoken multiple times today he's a pediatrician and uh and so huge shout out and thank you to um cousin dr robert sinai there you go as you see there's a full range here casey so far though they're all from the same branch of our family that have gotten <laughs> shout outs how about you casey uh shout outs anyone you'd like to shout out to yeah, I'll shout out. I'm gonna. We talked about her so much, but I'm gonna t- uh, shout out Heidi because we're. we're Yay! Hi, Heidi. Yes. We're going through the ringer right now of like trying to come up with a bunch of stuff pretty quickly. So we're working pretty intensely together. So, you know, we're kind of we're and, we're in the trenches together. And so. If, and if people wanted to follow Heidi too. In addition, oh, we'll give yeah. you a chance to tell you all of your stuff. But if people wanted to check out this amazing, talented partner of yours, yes, she is. Um, her name is Heidi Marie Farron. You can follow her at Heidi underscore Marie M A R I E Farron F E R R E N. Um, you can also find her uh, at the Blonde Jokes, and then she's tagged in like everything. So follow her. She's also like an amazing songwriter she like has like a country album and she's in like she does a lot of other stuff too so she's really fun to follow 
That's that's awesome. All right, now uh, <laughs> me, I'll uh, I'm going. I'll go last, and I'm going to shout out to Casey. Casey, this has oh. been phenomenal to have you on this show. I, I, I now I have to list all sorts of other amazing things in that list of things that you do, but <laughs> yeah, it is so incredible to have somebody on with that is not only doing all these amazing things, but doing them with such cool and well thought out intentions and heart. And I, I think that is something that, again, people don't necessarily think about when they see a comedy clip on YouTube. But I'm so, so grateful that we were able to peel that back and have you talk about what goes into that. And I, and I really, really want all the folks who have been listening to this show to check, check out your work and listen. And we'll have links in all the stuff that we push out over the next uh, week or so when we, when we drop the episode. So uh, thank you so much, Casey, for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank, thanks for giving me a space to talk about it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> cool. And 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 very where, cool. And and just remind us again where the places people can follow you. Yes. So I am at Hey Case H E Y underscore K A C E. It's like Ace with a K. Um, that's me. And uh, Blonde Jokes is at the Blonde Jokes or YouTube.com slash Blonde Jokes the series. So you can find all of our stuff there. Cool. Uh, Lily, where can people follow you? I am, and again, you know, it's like you explaining your buttery voice to people who may not have heard it before. Um, when I have to say my Twitter handle out loud to people who might not understand it, it kind of is weird, but um, I can explain it to you after, Casey. It's <laughs> Chichi K Gomez uh, at Twitter, not at Twitter.com. That's not a thing. Uh, at Twitter, on Twitter. I don't know what the internet is. Never mind. You don't That's have my to handle. say. You just say, follow yeah. me on Twitter. I, I don't know why it happens every week. You don't have to week. then I say just... on Twitter. It's like you already teed it up. So anyway, that's the handle on Twitter. On Twitter at paper BK princess. That's how you do it, Lil. That's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. And you can follow me at pancake four that's the number four table on twitter and instagram you can follow all of the friday night movie pod stuff at fridaynightmoviepod.com we of course as we have been telling everybody for months it's now under 100 days to it's now under 100 days to all-star comic-con but we will be exhibiting at the all-star comic-con in tyson's corner virginia the three siblings are going to meet up and podcast from from there and i i believe casey actually one of your one of a, a, a podcast that you were familiar with the take two podcast uh, yeah. tony those guys they will be there as well tony's actually going to be a guest soon next week i think uh, oh, great. We've all linked up through the all-star, the awesome all-star Comic-Con community and are, are part of the podcast crew that are going to be there this June. And that's going to be an awesome party, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. And so we'll be there. And uh, the music from What Does It Eat will kick in. You can't actually hear it kick in, Casey, because with all the stuff going on, I haven't really figured out how to make other audio play, but it'll be it'll be late in afterwards and we all do a dance. We can't see you, but I just, I know you're dancing. And, <laughs> and then we sign off. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, guys.